This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us on our second mini-sode as we support our Alabama families whose loved ones went missing or were murdered in the month of May. May also marks our first year anniversary as Alabama Cold Case Advocacy. I can't believe it's been a year already. I know. It's crazy. It has really kind of flown by. Very much so. I, it just doesn't feel like a year. And then again, it feels like we've known each other forever, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> and But, it, you know, at the same time, it's like, it doesn't, it really doesn't seem like it's been 12 months. Mm-mm. When you think Mm-mm. back on it, it just hit me the other day. I don't, it, it kind of just blew my mind, I guess. Because it time flies by. I think we talked about yeah. that one time, though. I said something about, well, I guess it happens when you're not getting much sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. And, you know, on top of it, we haven't been doing the Unforgotten for a whole year yet. So that kind of breaks it up a little bit. Maybe that's part of why it doesn't seem so long. But I think you're probably right about that. Like, it doesn't feel quite as long because this is a new part. And we've been really focused on this. Um not that we aren't focused on the whole page because we're still trying to get those out. But this right. did kind of put a break in there. You know, when we started, we were working on the petition to the legislature to try to get some kind of relief for families and establish some kind of policy and procedures to have these cases reviewed. Unfortunately, we still have our petition up, but we haven't been able to find a representative to support it. And that's been really discouraging. It has been. because. When you think back over the year with all the families that we've spoken to and what they're dealing with, this is something that needs to be done. It it really does. I I don't know. Maybe we'll get lucky and a representative will be listening. That would be great. mm -hmm. Because I just don't understand how you could not be more concerned about the people who have voted to put you where you are. Right. Well, and, the and maybe other, that's kind of a blunt way to put it, but yeah. But the other in the other states that are like already kind of climbing on board with the federal act and all yeah. of that. So Georgia got their act passed, mm-hmm. and um, other states are working towards it too. So hopefully, it is a step in the right direction, and it'll peer pressure. You know, yeah, that'd be great. But I don't know. It just bothers me because you know that a lot of the representatives and the people that are in the legislature have children, mm-hmm. and We talk about this all the time. Like, if this was your child, what would you want to do? And this is something that needs to be put into effect to start reducing this. The cold case backlog, the unsolved cases, get the caseload off the police departments and other investigating agencies that you have so they can just focus on these. It's not fair to say that one case is more important than the other. And I get the priorities change because... New cases come in and old cases kind of just fall to the bottom of the stack. But that's not fair. Yeah, it's not. You know, there's Lauren Malloy who established Rhode Island Uncovered and started also a petition for a statewide cold case in Rhode Island. 
Mm-hmm. Um, she's also been moving heaven and earth to solve her own mother's homicide. She's just a go-getter, and she's been doing great things to advocate for families in Rhode Island and elsewhere. Then there's Jolynn Rice with Cold Case Advocacy, who's using um, digital resources and other resources uh, for victims' families' advocacy. So she is located out of New York and trying to pass Kristen's Law, which is also um, part of the Homicide Victims' Family Rights Act um, kind of movement, as we're kind of referring to it at this point. Um, So she's got a proposal and a petition out there as well. And this is addressing, you know, the needs for a cold case unit, DNA testing, and just much more. So, you know, these are the kinds of things that are inspirational that we see and cropping up all over the place now. Um, And we're really hoping that maybe some of our representatives might hear about this. And maybe that's a little incentive to, you know, move forward in the state of Alabama and other states. And it's encouraging to see groups kind of like what we're doing, even though some, you know, maybe larger or whatever, mm-hmm. popping up in all of these different states. Because this isn't, as much as we talk about and we focus on Alabama and what's going on here, it's not just isolated to Alabama. That's right. And yeah. we would love to be able to give attention to all the cases across the United States. But, you know, we're just two people and that's kind of hard. But it's nice to see that there are other people that are doing that. Yep, that's for sure. So we hope you will share the episode and keep these names buzzing out there so that maybe the right person will see or hear about them and help to bring answers to their loved ones. Here are Alabama's May cases. Russell Marcus Chestang was last seen two years ago at a bar called The Barn in Pritchard in Mobile County on May 28th. 2021. He would be 34 years old today. He is said to have been wearing a t-shirt with cut-off sleeves, reading Reed's Tree Service, blue jeans, work boots, and had a blue and black backpack. There's been several searches done for him, but I don't think any of those have really led to any additional information. Yeah, I don't think so either. 31-year-old Ramondas Robinson was last seen on May 22, 2019, leaving the Money Fought nightclub in Birmingham, Jefferson County. He was wearing a greenish-gray shirt, gray acid-washed and distressed jeans, a denim jacket, a baseball cap, and either red and white or gray and white Jordan tennis shoes. In four years, he hasn't been seen. His car was found, though. That's right. I forgot that. Yep. It was, I think it was burned. Yeah. Boy, that's the second case that I'm aware of. That person might have been burned inside. Off the top of my head, I think it was actually found in Bessemer behind Vulcan, maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah. Jeremy Thompson, a 30-year-old father and son, was gunned down on May 29, 2017 in Birmingham, Jefferson County. Investigators said Jeremy was panhandling at the I-59 and Avenue I intersection when a confrontation began with multiple individuals in two separate cars a silver Kia, and a black Nissan. Video footage from a traffic camera shows Jeremy was walking away from the vehicles when the individuals in the black Nissan opened fire and killed him. Six years later, there have been no arrests made. Steve Caste, I'm hoping I say that right. I apologize to anybody if that's not correct. Uh, Steve, who would be 84 years old today, 
is an endangered missing senior with Alzheimer's, last seen five years ago on Wardle Road, Alberta, in Baldwin County. On May 16, 2018, he was wearing a white shirt, red shorts, and dark-colored sneakers. I haven't seen much more than that on, on his case in there, so if anybody knows anything more about this gentleman, you know, somebody with Alzheimer's, it's so hard when they go missing. And I don't really remember seeing much on the news, but Mm-mm. that doesn't mean there wasn't much on there. But they just did a story, actually, on the evening news about the body that was found in Baldwin County that still hasn't been identified. So I guess maybe that's why it like popped in my head that they do cover these things from time to time, but it just kind of gets lost in the mix, it almost seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jordan Lee Wilson would be 39 years old today. She was last seen at a party off Campbell Loop Road in Walker County seven years ago. She's believed to have been wearing a pink-coated shirt, blue jeans, and driving a dark late-model Kia Sorento, which does appear to have been found about a mile or so away from where she was last seen. As far as the date that she actually went missing or was last seen, there's some conflicting information on that as well. It's either May 13th or May 14th, maybe. Um, I've seen a couple of different dates. I'm not exactly sure what the actual last date was, but it's somewhere in that May 13th to 14th time frame, give or take a day or two. Jordan hasn't been seen since she left the party. Lorraine Ware, or otherwise called Pokey, vanished eight years ago while walking to a convenience store in Tuskegee, Macon County, on May 15, 2015. The then 60-year-old woman was known for walking around town. People recognized her on the street. She was there daily, almost. She was said to be wearing a white tank top, pink pullover shirt, and white capri pants. She still has not been found to this day. 33-year-old Charles Jackson Jr., or Bubba, was walking to his girlfriend's in Citronelle in Mobile County nine years ago, May 23, 2014. He never made it. He left messages by phone and text at the time with friends and family asking for help, but he was never located. I don't know if you've heard any um, st- more information about this. I started I to read I'm, up on it, but and it sounds familiar, but I didn't see a lot of articles on this. I want to say there was surveillance of him maybe stopping at a gas station. That's a long walk from where he walk. actually left from. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was somewhere off Schillinger Road. I can't remember exactly the name of the street now, but I mapped it out one time on Google Maps, and it's a really long walk. And the fact that he had messaged family asking for help, I want to say there was a comment that maybe he had been picked up by somebody, but as far as I know, that hasn't been confirmed, and I don't know that they were able to track his phone or anything after that. Well, as far as distinguishing features, he does have a few tattoos, but notably on his arms, on one side it says, laugh now, and on the other side, cry later. I think that's very creative, by the way. I know, I wonder if he has the faces. Yeah, I wonder. You know what I'm talking about? Mm Mm-hmm, yeah, the smile on the uh, masks or whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. 
Brittany Wood is one of our flagship cases, and also the first case we did an episode on. She was last seen in Tillman's Corner in Mobile County on May 30, 2012. She left her mother's home wearing blue denim shorts, flip-flops, and a blue tank top. She was carrying a tote of some sort with clothing and miscellaneous personal effects. We know now she was picked up by her uncle, Donnie Holland, at the end of her block out of view from the house and was never confirmed to be seen again. Indicate that she and Donnie traveled to a property near Sticks River in Robertsdale for most of the evening. Over the course of the evening, Brittany's cell phone activity decreased significantly and stopped completely with one final ping off a tower in Grand Bay back in Mobile County. And several maternal family members and acquaintances were later arrested on sex trafficking and child abuse-related charges. Brittany still has not been found, and neither has her phone. And I guess there's some discrepancies over whether she was last seen in Baldwin County or Mobile County because of her cell phone pings moving. Exactly. Daniela Vian and her Chevrolet crews vanished from Mobile in July of 2018. Almost a year later, on May 2, 2019, authorities located Daniela's car submerged in Bayou Sarah Creek in Saraland and discovered Daniela still inside. The investigation into Daniela's disappearance and subsequent death remains open, though investigators say her death appears to be consistent with an accident. Since the date that she was found just passed, we did want to at least mention that and keep it in everybody's mind. Delange Harris from Laverne was found on Athens Church Road in the Goshen community in Crenshaw County, shot to death in a ditch. Just two days after his 25th birthday, Delange Harris from Laverne was found on Athens Church Road in the Goshen community in Crenshaw County, shot to death in a ditch. May 3rd marked 12 years with no answers in this 2011 murder. Jimmy Brandon Edwards was murdered 14 years ago on May 8th, shot in the back of his head and found in the driveway of a home in northeast Jefferson County. More than a block away, one of his tennis shoes was found in another driveway. Very little information is available on this case. The 27-year-old man's murder remains unsolved. Prentice Weaver was preparing to be married 24 years ago in May of 1999, Instead, he was taken from his fiancé and infant children by someone who broke into their apartment, shot him, robbed him of money on May 28, 1999, the day before his wedding. His murderer is still out there. David Britt Sargent was 18 years old and camping on his mother's property in Blount County, but left for Gunnersville on May 30, 1999. And although... Details are vague, it seems he never made it to his destination. His abandoned car was found and repossessed by the auto dealer without ever notifying police. 24 years later, little is known about what happened to David, who is still missing. Benny Joe Smith II was last seen in Calera in Chilton County 25 years ago on May 31, 1998. Unfortunately, that is all that is known about the 25-year-old missing man. Actually, in NamUs, there was a comment that they weren't even really sure who reported him missing. Um, And that's kind of sad. It is very sad when you have those. He was only 25 years old. For nobody to know know. much about what happened to him, that's very sad. I know, that's young. James Aaron Toole, a 72-year-old veteran and grandfather from Pansy in Houston County, told his granddaughters he was traveling to Florida to visit a sick relative so he wasn't going to be able to meet them after school like he usually did. He was seen at the convenience store where he worked, 
located near his home that night, but he got off early. He talked to his daughter and left. Another relative saw him driving on Houston County Road 75 that evening. This was the last time he was ever seen, and he didn't make it to Florida. In 2020, a woman contacted one of his granddaughters, stating they found his wallet and returned it, which is surprising after this long. It is very odd. It was full of pictures he kept of his family. May 15th marks 28 years since his 1998 disappearance, and he continues to be listed as a missing person in the Aaliyah database. Thank you so much for tuning in and continuing to help us raise awareness for the missing and murdered in Alabama. As always, we'll provide contact information for the cases shared in this episode. Please keep these victims and their families in your hearts. And remember, silence is betrayal. And if you know something, say something. Since Alabama Cold Case Advocacy's creation, we have dedicated innumerable hours to researching and networking in an effort to provide the largest platform we can to the cases we share. We shoulder all associated expenses with Alabama Cold Case Advocacy out of our own pocket, including the subscription fees for researching and production of the Unforgotten podcast to provide a cost-free avenue for the victims' families of those cases. We hope you will join in our efforts to raise awareness of Alabama's missing and murdered and support these families who have been forced to carry the immeasurable loss of their loved ones and the fight for answers. If you appreciate our mission and you are inspired to make a donation, your extra support will enable the ACCA to continue our research, share the cold cases, and help those families know that they are also unforgotten. Be sure to join our Unforgotten Patreon channel today to gain exclusive benefits, including early access to ad-free episodes and bonus content. By subscribing, you'll also be supporting the efforts of ACCA in assisting families in raising awareness for Alabama cold cases. Unforgotten is an Alabama cold case advocacy podcast recorded in conjunction with Riverside FM, hosted and distributed by Spotify for podcasters, available on your favorite podcast platform. Intro music for the show was created by Principles of Uncertainty, who also mixed and mastered this episode. Content and production is by Sellers and Stormy. Artwork by Sellers. Credits for music, sound clips, special mentions, and any source referenced in our podcast can be found in each episode's description. We hope you will join us on all the major social media sites and continue to raise awareness of our Alabama cold cases. Until next time, thank you for listening, and remember, justice may be delayed, but the victims and their families remain unforgotten.